Welcome to the Leadership Window Podcast with Patrick Jinks. Each week, through a social sector lens, Patrick interviews leaders and experts and puts us in touch with trends and tips for leading effectively. Patrick is an LSI certified leadership coach, a member of the Forbes Coaches Council, a best-selling author, award-winning photographer, and professional speaker. And now, here's Patrick. Hey everyone, welcome to the Leadership Window. Yep, this is Patrick Jinx, leadership and strategy coach and president of the Jinx Perspective. This is episode six already. We're moving fast into this show. It's been an amazing uh, start to this podcast journey so far, and today is absolutely no different. Uh, So this is a podcast about leadership. And along the way, we meet some really interesting people who are either entrepreneurs or they're leadership consultants, or maybe they're practitioners of leadership in their organizations. And as Rosie, our artificially intelligent announcer says, uh, we're viewing this through a social sector lens. So what that means is uh, that's just sort of my bent and mission point. So a lot of what we talk about is about the social sector, but not all of it because leadership is leadership. And today, we have an extraordinary uh, individual who's we could take the entire episode just going through his accomplishments and who he is. Uh, but he is Nick Nanton. And Nick, uh, if we were to sum it up, helps brands tell their stories through media in real time. And I will attest to this 100% because uh, Nick's agency has helped the Jinx perspective quite a bit in lifting our brand and giving us exposure so that we can get our message out to more people. Nick is an Emmy award-winning film director and producer. Uh, He produces media and branded content for top thought leaders, and I mean top thought leaders. We'll get to that in a little bit. And uh, top media personalities around the world. He's recognized as a leading expert on branding and storytelling. He's authored more than two dozen best-selling books, including the Wall Street Journal bestseller called Story Selling. And he's produced and directed more than 60 documentaries. Get this, get ready. He has 36 Emmy nominations and counting and 16 Emmy awards and counting. He speaks to audiences internationally on topics of branding, entertainment, media, business, and of course, storytelling at major universities and events. He is the CEO of DNA Media and Nick oversees a portfolio of companies, including DNA Films, Astonish Entertainment, 11th Street Films, Abundant Studios. Uh, DNA, by the way, is an international agency with more than 3,000 clients in 63 countries. And then there's Ambitious.com. Nick is an award-winning director, producer, and songwriter. Uh, I don't know if we'll have time to talk about that a little bit, but that is of interest to me as well. He's worked on everything from large-scale events to television shows with the likes of people like Steve Forbes, Ivanka Trump, Sir Richard Branson, Larry King, Jack Nicholas, uh, the, the list goes on. Um, and, uh, and, uh, by the way, the Rudy, Rudy, how do you say his last name, Nick R- Rudiger? Rudiger. That's it, man. Yeah. Ru- Rudy Rudiger, who is the inspiration for the Hollywood blockbuster Rudy, uh, the, these are the people that um, that Nick is hanging out with, helping out, um, helping other people connect with, and so and and his most important thing I got to say this is he is now 
uh, one of the newest members of the advisory board for the Jinx Perspective. How about that? Uh, that isn't that impressive? Um, Nick, uh, thanks for a whole lot of things that I could thank you for, but um, for right now, thanks for coming on the show, man. Well, thanks for having me on, man. Excited to uh, talk about wherever we wherever we go. Yeah, well, we're finding that so far in this podcast is we're just having great conversations about again, it's about leadership, but you know, we're we're um we're already meeting some fascinating people and and I I think what we're finding is again, leadership is leadership, but everyone has a leadership story, a background, something that has shaped our leadership. Um we have uh on the show uh on the show next week someone you're familiar with and that's Dee Dee Wong because I know she's oh, yeah. done some things uh, with you all as well and yep. uh you know we're talking to Dee Dee and here's someone who's you know born in Hong Kong raised in London lived in New York now lives in LA like she, you know there's a leadership story now I'm looking at you going okay uh, by the way one of the things I didn't mention is that you're an attorney and I know uh, several people that I've talked with, how did an attorney end up doing this like film? How do those connect? I don't know, but we'll let you tell us about that. Just, um, I would like, like a, a, a starting point of just, yeah, tell us about kind of how you've come to this point in your journey. How would you, how would you describe your entrepreneurial footprint and, and who you are and how you've come to, to, to do what you're doing? Uh, ADD. Um, no, uh, so really, I have been curious by about many different uh, things in life. I think you know that's not unusual, but I have been able to find ways to turn those curiosities into uh, experiments and sometimes businesses. So we could go, uh, we could go around on that and and deep mm. dive all sorts of ways. But I mean, I think I've been curious uh i always had uh i was always told i was creative uh and so i took that to heart and tried to do the best i could with the the skills i was given and then i just tried to figure out you know at the end of the day you'll you'll notice you know me well enough now to know too um i don't know that i had the vocabulary for it at first but really how how could i serve how could this be useful to people and if you are useful to people um you will be rewarded and so a lot of times that's with money or with favors or with connections or whatever it is and that's how that's how you build a business well, that's a great place to start talking about leadership is it's about other, it's about being useful to others. And, uh, so I appreciate you saying that. Um, I, I have one, just, I'm curious too, uh, you, you have, you just described what so many people envy like, Oh, you know, these serial entrepreneurs, they just, they make it sound so easy. Oh, I'm just curious and creative and just go create some stuff, you know, and people are going, Oh, come on. It's gotta be hard. How do you do that? So here's, here's my question for you is how do you know when, when curiosity, uh, about something really has traction, how to, how to, how to, um, go ahead and go all in on it versus I think it's time to let this one go. Cause when you're curious, everything that comes across your plate looks like an, an opportunity, but you can't do everything. How do you arrive at that? You know, that is a tough answer because a lot of it to me just seems to be gut. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to, I mean, how bad do you want it to work? How bad are you willing to, um, how hard are you willing to work to, to, to try? Um, but I just... Uh, you know, I, I think I was interviewing uh, Daniel Negreanu about a year ago now, I guess. And Daniel, I believe he's won six World Series of Poker, you know, bracelets. Mm. So he's 
amazing poker player dropped out of high school to play poker like had to convince his parents there was a real living way before you know the previous uh you know way before we had like the poker tournaments televised and all that sort of stuff right and so or i guess they were televised but it wasn't nearly what it is today and so one of the questions i asked him i said you know daniel what do you think it what do you think the number one skill is the key to being a great poker player? And he said, self-awareness. And I said, do you not think that maybe that's the key to everything in mm-hmm. life? And he goes, uh, yeah, or success in everything. He said, yeah, you're probably right. And so <clears throat> I, I, I have an ability, which I think is, I think is learnable, but I, I have an ability to realize what's commercially viable and what's not. I mean, the first song I wrote, I go back now and go, oh, yeah, I never would make it on radio. At the time, I'm like, oh, this would be radio. But I was, able, I was willing to listen and I was willing to learn and I was willing to, um, to comb through enough good music. I was willing to comb through. And then when I got into film and documentary, I was like, what's different? What can I do different? And, and most importantly, for me, I try to put together a team that's, that is either proven, like they've already done it, or I can see their talent. I'm like, okay, I know why this would work. And so it's, it's sort of a combination of all those things. And I don't know if that's the answer you're looking for, but I think being self-aware and realizing like, look, I could write a hit song with guys who, like I wrote a couple weeks ago, one guy had a Grammy nomination, once had two number one hits on country radio in the last 18 months. Another one's had, you know, uh, success with Keith Urban and Brett Eldridge and like a bunch of big artists. And, and there's me. So we wrote a song that I could tell you the song is great because Every one of those writers, even if I was terrible, we would have written a great song. And so, but I don't have a great singing voice. I mean, I can carry a tune, but people aren't going to pay to listen to that. So I just have to be willing to admit that and go, okay, so what's more important to me? And, and is it success? Is it that a song gets heard or an idea I have? I really think the world needs to hear it. Or is it that I really want people to hear my voice? Is it like, what is it? And so I try to go through um, self-aware exercises to figure out um how would this work? How would it not work? And then ultimately you always need a team. Like how would I make it work and who do I need on my team and how, how could I make it worth their while? So they would see it as a no brainer to join me on this journey. And so, you know, you've seen me do that a bunch of times, but I guess if I were to articulate that, that's sort of how I approach it. I love that answer because, uh, self-awareness, I mean, it's already a theme on this show, just what six episodes in because, leaders leaders we talk in my coaching world a lot about blind spots and um, a leader who is coming off a certain way and has no clue they're coming off a certain way to their to the people they're trying to lead and so self-awareness is huge um, I do I also love the answer because you're actually you, you didn't say it in these words but it's self-awareness matched with honesty about yourself <laughs> like you know knowing what really knowing what you're good at and being willing to say, "Ah, you know, I'm probably not commercial talent here, but over here I've got a lot of value to bring. And so I, I absolutely appreciate that. Um, Yeah. I I appreciate, uh, I appreciate your appreciation. No, um, the, you know, one of the things I think people just really don't get the people who I see really struggle. um, They're so confident in their ability and they have no reason to be. And it's not that they're not good people, <laughs> but they just really don't understand how it works and they don't care to learn. You're like, oh no, I got an amazing hit song and an amazing voice. And, and like people like that are hard to help. Mm-hmm. And so don't be that person. Well, you, we see it on shows like American Idol, right? Where the, oh, you know, course, the contestant yeah. comes on and they are just convinced they're just the greatest thing they're going to be next. And the judges have a hard time telling them, you know, uh, you know, keep saying, enjoy it, but uh, this probably isn't for you, you know? Right. 
right? Yeah. So uh, you mentioned a team. Now you've got lots of teams because you're in into a lot of different things. Um, I, I'm curious, not just you know what your leadership bent is on leading a team. I'm curious about your maybe your leadership challenges that you experience and some of the keys of getting through those in terms of handling lots of different entities and teams on diverse projects where contextual leadership, you know, takes over. I mean, directing a film, you know, probably involves some different leadership tenets than, you know, I don't know, running a branding agency, for example, some of the same, some may be different. How do you manage leadership and what are your challenges in managing leadership across all these different entities and projects you're doing at the same time? Um, another great question. I, man, I just try to show up and, and serve in the best way I can. I, I don't want to sound trite, but it's, you know, a, a friend of mine, Kenny Thomas was one of the lead rangers in the Black Hawk Down crisis in Mogadishu. We've all seen, most everyone's seen the movie or read the book or whatever. Um, but, you know, he told me his definition of leadership. He said, leadership is the example you set for the people you serve. And I think so many people get, I love that definition, by the way. It's the best definition of leadership I've ever heard. And I love the fact that he, leadership is about serving. It's not about ordering people around. It's not, if you serve everyone that you are leading well enough, they will, they will, I mean, in that case, they'll take gunfire for you. They will you know, break down walls. They'll march for three days. They'll do whatever. So if you are a servant leader, like you serve well, then everyone, everything else comes together. Now, does that mean I believe the world is full of sunshine and lollipops? No, sometimes I wish it was, but you got to have hard conversations with people sometimes like, Hey, I, I'm going to need you to show up differently than that. Or if that's your goal, maybe we need to readdress this. Um, I try to, I don't, I don't love conflict. I certainly don't. Uh, anyone knows me knows that. Um, I don't, uh, I would say, and I found a way to, um, most of my career to just only work with those who show up the way I like them to show up. I mean, <laughs> one of the benefits of like filming documentaries, like if someone doesn't do a great job, I don't have to hire them again. If I think they're so far off the reservation, it's not going to work. You know, if I think they're close or like, you know, I've got, um, a project being done in my house right now. And I was, re a guy was referred to me by my parents and just a little simple communication thing that things a really good kid. I think he's going to do great work, but it's just something he probably has never thought about. And I, I feel like if he's open to it, if I share something with him, that he'll be super open to it. And I think it will help him out. I I'm going to do that. And so I'm going to serve him well by trying to share them. I'm not mad at him. I'm not going to lecture him and say, Hey, I was thinking I, I saw this thing and I didn't, it really wasn't clear to me. And if you just were to add, you know, as a part of your, your service, you know, notify people of this during like whatever. And so I try to correct it when I can, if I think it's, if I think it's useful, if I think it, that we can get somewhere with this, if not, I really will just, you know, not hire the person again, unless they ask. Yeah. Well, um, serving people and correcting people are not mutually exclusive. I mean, you're actually serving them when you tell them, Hey, I need you to show up differently because you're you raising their are. game. You're elevating them. You are. But I also try to, I try to figure out who is, who would take if you're not gonna if you're not interested in me right. helping you i'm not gonna just force it upon that is like i don't need to hear myself talk yeah yeah no that's right um so uh that that's gonna lead me to this um tell me about film directing because i'm really curious as to what leader what would you say are the top i don't know two or three leadership tenets 
that make you a successful director because when you're directing a film it's that's that's leadership and literally directing what are the two or three tenets that make an an effective film director uh so i never went to school for directing so i can only i don't know if any of this is well certainly not orthodox i don't think but i don't know how other people do it but all i try to do when i'm directing is i try to not get in the way I try to stay out of the way and i try to and i try to help um architect a story in a way that um will help other people to learn from it so i'm curious and interested about it so tell me more about that and then i'll dig into the things that uh, I'll dig into things that I find interesting, and then we'll we'll do the same. Uh, we'll do the same with everything else that goes with it. So I approach it from, hey, what's why do I want to tell this story first of all? Like, why do I think it will be interesting to anybody? Um, and so, how what's the angle? Like, how okay? So in order, and I I got to make sure typically that you know, most of the subjects I work with, I'm working with on I'm sort of collaborating with. And so I make sure like, Hey, am I off here? Is this make, is this jiving with you? And, and if, assuming it is with them, um, or we talk about it more. And then I start, um, again, by staying out of the way. So if you had told me, Hey, Nick, I really want to interview my podcast, write a white paper, and then we'll talk about it. By the way, if you hear the dog barking and I'm in my home office, it's COVID time and I got a thunderstorm going on outside. So my little dog, not happy. And my big one will probably bark as well. So just the <laughs> forewarnings there. I love uh, to hear the sounds of home. Don't worry. <laughs> Oh, good. Uh, and so that's a great way to put it. The sounds of home. And so, um, the, you know, so I, then if you had said, Nick, write a white paper, then I'll have you on my podcast. We, we probably would never be having this conversation because I don't enjoy the process of writing. Um, I, I got good at it. I had to do it in law school. I had to do an undergrad, all that stuff, but I don't want to do it. And so my unique ability to quote Dan Sullivan, you know, my coach is a top entrepreneurial coach in the world, you know, is, is having impactful conversations that lead to produced outcomes. And so I'm going to have great impactful conversations. If it starts and ends with an impactful conversation, I'm all in. And so when it comes to the next step, after we figure out the angle, I give it to my writing team and I say, Hey, here's what I'm thinking. Go do some research and then bring it back to me. Any questions on the way, let me know. Here's contacts or people I think would be relevant, but go find some more. And I give it to my writing team who is fascinated by digging in and doing research with these people. And so I, uh, you know, so I let them do what they do. And then I bring in my cinematographers and I do the interviews, most of them for my documentaries, because I want to have the conversation. I'm, I'm intrigued by that. I'm intrigued by that impactful conversation. What can I learn from somebody? What, what can I, what can I, how can I ask a question in a way that it might uh, share something from a different point of view or a new point of view with an audience? So I just start thinking uh, like, where can I utilize my best skills and how can I stay out of the way of things that I have zero interest in? Uh, it also reminds me because if we're going to hopefully I give you as much value here as possible. I read a book during the pandemic called the Bezos letters and it's uh, by my friend, Steve Anderson. I didn't know Steve. I knew his wife, Karen for years. And she's like, Hey, it's my husband's book. I've, you know, I've heard it. People really seem to like it. You know, and I said, well, let me check it out. And I, I loved it. And one that he uncovers Jeff Bezos is 21 at the time, 21 shareholder letters. He reviews those combs to him, studies them and utilize that to, to reveal 14, you know, tried and true principles that Bezos uses over and over to build Amazon, which has obviously worked out really well. And one of the things he sort of distills down is, and I use this in leading my teams and my crews and my in-house and film crews and all that. And it's, it essentially just stills down to this. Never hire someone you don't admire. 
And so I admire my camera guys and my cinematographers because they could shoot things. I could never make it look that beautiful. I admire my writer because I could not do it. And she loves it. I admire Mandy who books my calendar because I can't keep that stuff straight to save my life. You know, so it doesn't have to be like, I admire my lawn care company because my lawn looks amazing. These guys are obsessed with it. Like, but if they weren't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't hire, I wouldn't want to hire them. I, 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 you know, I wouldn't admire them. So I think that's a, that's a, one of the ways why how I avoid trouble in this area I know where to stay out of the way and I only hire people that I admire I was listening to a podcast the other day I forget which one it is but it was the CEO of Netflix talking about their no rules um, philosophy and of course they have rules but it's a mindset and but one of their rules in their no rules company is no hiring brilliant jerks you know, that there's, there's a lot of really brilliant people and these eccentric, you know, come up with the greatest world ideas, but they're jerks to work around and work with. Um, I don't care how brilliant you are. You're not working here if you're a jerk. And um, that got uh, your, your comments reminded me a little bit about that because it's about the relationships. Here's what's interesting about what you just said to me and maybe to our listeners. And I know it's not a surprise to you. Um, the tenants you just talked about in terms of leading in the film directing world are no different than leading say in the corporate world or in the nonprofit world or in the sports world. And that is start with why have a vision, make sure everyone has the shared vision and then surround yourself with people who will complement your strengths and fill your weaknesses and get out of the way in those areas. I mean that how, how simple is that really? I mean, it seems very simple, especially when distilled that way. It just typically takes most of us, at least me, a lot of time to figure that out. Well, I said simple, not easy. <laughs> Difference. Great, uh, great distinction. And yeah, and, and I think the hardest part up front is most people really worry, like they wish they had the people, the team to come on the journey, but they don't have the resources or they don't know who they are. And, and so there are, there are challenges there. But I, I think if you show up in a way where you're authentically looking to serve others and you need people to join your mission, um, I guess if I, I wish I had known that sooner and maybe had some more confidence in it, because if you, if you operate that way, it's, it's funny what shows up. Yeah, really well said. Really well said. Um, now you you obviously huge success, and you know you're you're doing great, amazing work. You work with household brand names. You work with with Brian Tracy, who you know people listening to this podcast probably know who Brian Tracy is. His leadership, uh, Jack Canfield, you know, author of Chicken Soup for the Soul. You work with people like Larry King, Oprah, and you know, uh, I mean, you work with the brand names, the household names that have, that have really sort of truly defined greatness in your experience with them. And I know this is a general question. Every individual is different, but what sets them apart what what makes and, and maybe it's in terms of leadership, but what sets them apart and what would you say you've learned about leadership, a good, bad or otherwise, from working with people at that level? Um, so well, a couple of things uh, I just just so I'm it's honest. I have not worked with Oprah. She is on my list, but I have not worked with Oprah. Everybody else. Yes. Uh, so just to keep, you know, keep everybody on the right page. And uh, man, that's a really great question, too. So I would say most of them are really kind people. Um, I have a similar rule to the Netflix rule, although mine, I'm gonna have to steal that one because mine's, I just have a no a-hole rule. Um, and so I just, if you're not 
if you're that way, I don't want to do anything with you. I don't want to spend time around you. And so uh, I've known those people are usually masterful at what they do. Um, they typically, most of them uh, don't, tr- I mean, they've learned what they're really good at. And a lot of times they'll get other people to handle those things in their life that they're not. So typically a lot of them very focused on what it is they do. It's sort of their, you know, like for an Oprah, it would be her, her time on stage. I mean, that's, that's her money time, right? I mean, that's when she's got to perform. So she's going to make sure she has the team in place for that moment, but all the preparation that goes into it as well, she's going to make sure she's surrounded by excellent people. And most of them uh, will not put up with someone who doesn't operate at their level of excellence because they just can't afford to. They're working at such, you know, a high quality and a speed. Um, I also say that those type of people are the more I've interviewed more and more of them. It seems like the word that comes up more than anything else is curiosity. They all talk about it. Like they're all doing what they're doing because in some way, shape or form, they're relentlessly curious. And so they're not stopping what they're doing because they're still curious. Like they still want to know, well, what's next and how do I help that person? What do I do to make that business grow? Like they're just, they're curious. So I'd say the, the biggest overarching similarities are like, they all talk about curiosity. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm thinking back uh, particularly. And by the way, uh, in in fairness, I just assumed you worked with Oprah because, um, you know, why not, right? (laughs) You work with everybody else. No, I I know you do. I know you've done. I know you've connected to her brand and some of her publications because you've helped some of your clients um, um, get recognized in some of those. So I, I guess I made an assumption there. Um, uh, so, um, but, but yeah, in, in working with these leaders now, I was on a call with you, uh, recently, um, with, uh, James Altucher that you had hosted on one of your show. And, and I think yep. you're right. I'm thinking back to your interview with him and which was really, really amazing because you got this just very odd stream of consciousness from, from a guy like this. We get to hear him think out loud for a little bit. And, uh, and yeah, and I've also listened to some of his audible books and he does have this true sense of curiosity. He's a financial whiz and yet he's engaged like you, he's engaged in so many other things and they haven't all taken off and become great things, but he was curious about them for a while and, and some of them take off and some of them don't. And, uh, so I think that's fascinating. I, I think I do hear that theme. Um, yep. so we've talked about the greats in terms of name brands who were, and this is a question I ask every guest on the show, who were the leaders in your early career or life that you would say have done the most to help shape your view of leadership? We all have those influential, you know, the one, two or three people that we point to all of our lives as sort of turning points because they, they helped shape our view of leadership. By the way, not all of mine were positive experiences, but they helped shape my view of leadership. But um, who were those people for you and why? Uh, yeah, so man, uh, there would be a lot. I would say that th- probably the one I could crystallize down to a great answer would be Nito Cobain, uh, because of of the amount of time I spent with him and just the way he, the way he leads is just so unique. He's you know he came to America with like fifty bucks in his pocket. He is now the president of High Point University in the first ten years as the president of a small regional college. He raised over $900 million in benevolent donations for that university to grow it and it's turned into a powerhouse and just to watch the way he leads. He's one of the best keynote speakers in the world. 
by far. Um, he's also now uh, he's the chairman of Great Harvest Bread Company. He's on the board of BB&T Bank. He's on the board of Lazy Boy. He's just an incredible human being. And, and he shared with me when I interviewed him for my Amazon Prime series recently. Um, it's called In Case You Didn't Know. And Larry King's one of the executive producers, and you can see it on Amazon Prime. But he shared with me that what I call now Dr. Cobain's rule of thirds. And he said, you know, Nick, a, a life well lived, in, in his opinion, is a life spent a third of the time earning a third of the time learning and a third of your time serving. Mm. And I just thought that was mind blowing. It was such a well, you know, succinct way to express the way, um, you know, I've lived, I feel like I've lived that way uh, for a long time, but I didn't have, I didn't have it nearly as eloquently as him, which is no surprise. He's just an incredible communicator, but just watching the way he has led that university and people and just my interactions and dealings with him. Um, he is by far, by far one of the biggest influences in that. Of course, my, my business partner is 30 years older than me. He's been my mentor. Um, I met him when I was 15. I'm 40 now, so I've known him for 25 years, and we've been in business together uh, for 18 years now as well. So he's he had a huge influence on me as well. Well, I've met him, and, and he, he is such a um, – he has a presence. You know, yes. he's not he's – not, Here's the sense I got from him. I probably shouldn't say this. Here's the sense I got from him um, in the in the couple times that I've met him is, I get this sense when I'm around him that he's like accomplished these amazing things and he's reached this point in his life where he can be quiet about it. <laughs> like he just has this quiet presence, this gentle smile. I always has this gentle smile on his face. Like, yep, I know what's what, and uh, and yet he's there. He shows up at for for all of us who have participated in some of your events and things. So I can see that. I think your assessment is correct. <laughs> uh, and so let, let me, here's another question that I want to ask that I, that I like to ask um, all, all of my guests and, and we'll, we'll come to a wrap because I know your, your time is tight and I appreciate you being generous with it. What would you say to all the leaders listening out there? And we've got, we do have a lot of nonprofit leaders, but we, we've got, you know, people from all over the place listening now about leadership. What is your, what's the Nick Nanton piece of advice for leaders? Nick Nanton piece of advice for leaders. Serve well, serve often, serve a lot, uh, you know, serve others around you. And if you, if you, even if you don't know what your, your mission is right now, uh, that's okay. You can start, you know, building relational capital by serving other people. Like there's been times like when I first met Nito Cobain, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with him, but I, I had some things I thought would be helpful, could serve him well. Um, and so I did them and, you know, he's, what do you want? did you want something no i just I, I saw a place i could serve and then when i you know in many relationships like that when i have needed something um or even just some advice those people tend to be around so i would just say you know um you, you can't serve too much i mean from a practical point of view yes you have to make money and feed your family and all those things but by the way i mean that's being in service of your business your customers and and your family or your boss if you work a job right and so uh i i think that you just you know just you can't serve enough and just look constantly and, and and by serving by the way you have to be providing value for the other side and you're not serving them at all and so i think if you can keep that perspective uh it can help you uh it can help you lead well uh i, I again i just i cannot um hear you talk without you're helping me in some way make the connection between service and assertive leadership 
they're not, again, they're not mutually exclusive. You just said to serve people, you have to add value. You have to bring value. Well, that, that can be vision casting. So, sure. you know, if I'm, if I'm trying to give the big inspiring vision and get people to come along and, you know, that is serving them because I'm taking them to a higher place. Now, that's if they follow me, uh, in the traditional sense of leadership, they are being served by me because they're the reason I'm here. They're the reason I'm doing what I'm doing. So I really love that. And it, it brings one other thing to mind. And for our listeners, I think this is important to know. Um, Nick absolutely puts his money where his mouth is. I mean, he walks the talk, um, not just his companies and his companies are incredibly successful, obviously. But uh, Nick, you do a lot of work in the social sector yourself. Um, uh, I know you've served on boards and, and I know you've contributed to organizations um, at, at large levels. And I also know that one of your um, one of your real tenants in, in much of your filmmaking is around promoting organizations that are doing good in the world as well. And as I've heard you talk, you go into those not from a standpoint of these films are going to make me a ton of money. Um, in fact, I, I could be wrong. But I think you've said, you know, not all of them really just make, you know, a big profit, but they're, they serve a mission and a purpose. So I'd like, I'd, I want to recognize you for that, but I also want to know, uh, who are a couple and I, I I'm sorry, I'm going to put you on the spot, make you start naming names, but you've done a couple of, um, pr- particularly some film documentaries of some amazing nonprofits. Um, I want to give you an opportunity to sort of promote some of the great tenets of leadership you've seen in them as they do what they do. Uh, absolutely. So I have done a lot of work with Operation Underground Railroad around the world. They they uh, do operations to rescue uh, women and children from from, from sex trafficking. Um, men as well. It just tends to be a little less of the the demographic, but lots of little boys and little girls and women. Um, I've worked with. Uh, Folds of Honor, they've donated more than $120 million in scholarships um, to educate the families of fallen soldiers, everything from preschool all the way up through uh, higher ed. Uh, And uh, I've worked with uh, Canines for Warriors. They take uh, rescue dogs and train them to be service dogs. And then it doesn't work for every dog, so they adopt out the other ones to great homes. But the ones that do, they're uh, given to wounded warriors with PTSD, and they live life together. And the wounded warriors learn how to operate and how to reintegrate into society. Uh, And it stops a lot of suicides. Uh, And, man, there's a a bunch of other great organizations. Those are three that come to mind. And and I've I've probably done the most uh, the last few years with uh, Operation Underground Railroad. Yeah. And those documentaries, and we, we need to put a, I need to make sure I put a link in the, um, in the episode on the episode page for these things so people can check them out. Cause folks, I'm, ta- I'm talking, we're talking about like, like Hollywood class, world class documentaries. Uh, I was blown away the first time I saw one. In fact, I came to your premiere in New York, uh, the red carpet event and premiere of the canines for warriors, documentary you did called a new leash on life and um the people featured in the film were there and i remember sitting there next to one of them a a female warrior uh who who as i'm sitting there watching the film i'm tearing up i'm just like you know they're describing things that are just unfathomable to me and she reaches over and pats me on the leg and says you know it's, it's all right she's like comforting me and i'm like you're the one in the what are you doing so yeah you 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 really have surrounded yourself with people who themselves are servants and um but i i want our listeners to know the quality and the class of this stuff i mean you don't win 16 emmys for you know 
you know, <laughs> little things that don't mean nothing, anything. So these are fantastic and um, uh, just such high quality. And Nick, it just speaks volumes of the the way that you do lead. Everything is quality. Um, our, our work with you, uh, really lifted our game and our brand. And, um, you make, I think what you do is you make us, this is a good, great tenant of a leader. You make people want and expect more of themselves. You raise the game and you, you make people think things are possible that we might not have otherwise ever thought possible. You're just like, yeah, of course they're possible. Here's how you do it. You just, just do it, you know, step out there. You can do this. And I really, I do appreciate that. Awesome, man. Well, uh, it's, it's my pleasure to work with you and, uh, great job. This is a great podcast. There's lots of fun questions that people have not asked me. So I've enjoyed it. And, uh, as always, let me know what else I can do for you. Well, don't worry. We will. I know you're going to be involved with us along the way as you serve on our advisory board and, and, uh, some other things. And you know, we're continuing to do, uh, work with you as well. The Success Network, in fact, has been a, a great platform for us. If you're out there and are looking for a platform, uh, whether it's a, a your own, you know, web real estate or you know, video real estate, uh, these guys are the real. They're top notch. It's 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 celebrity branding. In fact, is one of the one of the tenants and one of the divisions or agencies that um, that you have. So. Um, check it out. We'll put links in the show notes. You, you really do. If you're looking for a brand for your company, you're looking to, to tell your story more effectively. These are the guys to do it. So uh, we will be back with another episode um, and another one and another one and another one. And we'll just keep it going. Have an awesome rest of your week and lead on folks. <laughs>